Hello, my name is Will DeGravio, and welcome to On Your Screen, a new offshoot of the Video Essay Podcast. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is On Your Screen? That, my friend, is a great question. Long story short, as we've all lived these many long months now, over a year, uh, in quarantine, I think all of us who appreciate the moving image and its many forms have been, have consistently turned to our computer screens for entertainment, to connect with other people, to seek out new new things that stimulate us intellectually, that bring us joy, what have you. We've seen film festivals and museums and artists make the most of quarantine and bring their work to us in new ways. Um, I can think of no better example than my first film, which is the work of Zia Anger that began as a in-person live performance desktop documentary. Um, and then in the middle of quarantine, morphed into a live streamed desktop documentary that brought people together from all over the world. At the heart of the video essay podcast is an interest in screens and what our relationship is with screens. Um, and it's becoming ever more uh, intimate by, by the day and especially uh, as the pandemic continues on. And so this podcast is meant to bring you short conversations, hopefully no longer than 40 or so minutes, with people who are doing exciting and interesting things in the digital film ecosystem, moving image ecosystem on screens. Uh, and so today's guest is Michael Temple, who is the director of the SA Film Festival, which this year will be done completely online. Uh, the guests on this show, I'm sure, will vary. Uh, the goal is to highlight certain things that are happening online that you should not miss, that you should go check out. So I imagine it will be a lot of festival coverage or various one-off screenings that I'll attempt to, to preview and highlight. But perhaps we'll have someone uh, come on to discuss a work that maybe doesn't fit the video essay podcast and the more formulaic approach that I take there in my conversations with guests and we'll want to have them on on your screen um, is the, the the offshoots name. So I'm very excited uh, about this new endeavor. I am open to suggestions of all forms. I want to play around in this format um, and really, you know, see what comes of it. Uh, and I have this podcast feed. I have a wonderful audience and all of you. So this is just my way of of giving you more great stuff, hopefully. Um, and it's also an outlet for me to pursue many of my own interests. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael, who thought he was being interviewed uh, for the Video Essay Podcast. So if we refer to the Video Essay Podcast in the conversation, uh, that is why. Uh, a big thank you to Michael for agreeing to talk with me and then waiting for me to release our conversation so that I could debut it uh, on this as the first episode of On Your Screen. Uh, and please don't forget to check out the Essay Film Festival, which begins on March 25th. Um, and you can find more information uh, about the Essay Film Festival at essayfilmfestival.com. And now here's my conversation with Michael Temple.
I'm now very pleased to be joined by Michael Temple, who is a reader in film and media in the School of Arts at Birkbeck, University of London. Uh, he is also the director of the Birkbeck Institute for the Moving Image and the Essay Film Festival. Michael is someone who I reached out to maybe a week before fleeing the UK um, due to coronavirus, just before the 2020 iteration of the festival, um, which unfortunately was cancelled due to COVID. Uh, but this year, the festival is taking place remotely online. Uh, and so I'm very pleased to finally be able to sit down here with Michael uh, to discuss the Essay Film Festival. Welcome, uh, Michael, to the Video Essay Podcast. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Will. It's nice to have a chance to talk about what we do. In, in that vein, could you provide a general overview or, or history of the Essay Film Festival? And, and what is the festival's mission? Okay, so we started in 2015. Was the first edition. So we agree. We agreed to to launch this festival in 2014, and obviously we worked on it um, for a good sort of nine months or so, running into it the first time. The origins of the festival are actually quite simple. Um, on the one hand, obviously a lot of the work we do at BIMI, Birkbeck Institute for the Moving Image, where, as you may know, well, we have this really beautiful little cinema in the middle of uh, Bloomsbury and in Bloomsbury in central London, which is where I work at Birkbeck. And um, so my role as director of BIMI has essentially to, to be to program that cinema in relation to, in a research context, if you like, what I would call a research context. So I work with scientists, philosophers, historians, sociologists, all sorts of different people. And we try and do interesting and original things in the cinema around ideas and discussions and so forth. So in many ways, um, you know, it's important for me to say that my job at BIMI is not nothing to do with film studies as a discipline. It is very much about public engagement and sharing all the different types of research that we do in different disciplines, but using the cinema as a kind of, not just a space, a showcase. It's really important for me. It's not a showcase, it's a laboratory. So my idea is that in the cinema space, something can, this is my hypothesis, if you like, is that my idea is that the, in the cinema space, something can happen actually something happens in that space, which is to do with projection, it's to do with material, it's to do with the people, it's to do with the audience, it's to do with the ideas. But it's a moment, it's an event that happens in the cinema space, which is not just about someone standing up saying, this is my research, I'm going to show you a movie, or saying, here's a movie, and now I'm going to tell you about my research. So it's actually the idea, I think, deep down, you know, Laura Mulvey, who's my pre who's my predecessor, my colleague at Birkbeck and my predecessor at BIMI, I think that we, something that we share is this idea that the cinema space can actually be a, a kind of a, I mean, I call it a laboratory, it probably sounds a bit pretentious, but a kind of a, a, a space in which ideas and things and moments can actually emerge, which wouldn't happen if you in, in if, if we didn't make that that effort. So in that sense, it's a kind of a, a kind of a gambit in terms of, of research. And so out of that, I think if we when we talked about doing a festival, I think the essay film is is kind of that because the essay film is experimental, but it's also absolutely addressed towards the real. So I mean for me People say to us about, oh, the essay film, is it this, is it that? And I have quite strong feelings about this in a way, but they're very simple feelings, which I think is that in some ways, I think academic discourse has largely done a disservice to the essay film because it treats, it has to treat it in terms of categories and genres. You know, essay film is not a genre, you know what I mean? And in terms of defining things, and then it gets kind of all very quick. Whereas, I mean, it seems to me that, you know, the essayistic, if you think about 
history, writing, photography, um, all sorts of different moving image uh, cultures. The essayistic is a way of being in the world. It's not even just a way of thinking about the world. It's a way of being in the world. And so you have to start from that point of view that it's to do with a kind of a mode of being and a mode of cinema. It's not about a genre that you define by saying, oh, you have this or you have that formal quality. So, so the, and I think the other way that's really important to think about the essay film is that it's, for me, it's like a kind of the crossing point between the experimental and the documentary. So if you think of documentary, again, is a mode, it's not a genre or a, it's, it's to do with a desire. What shall I do with cinema? I want to engage with the world. I want to investigate the world. I want to confront problems in the world. I want to talk about history, society and politics. However, as we know, documentary tends to be formally quite conservative and conventional. And in fact, I would say documentary is blind to form because it, it tends to work in terms of format rather than form, particularly obviously in television. But really, the vast majority of documentaries that go under that name do not actually think about form. So obviously, if you then turn to experimental, the experimental tradition, obviously, the experimental tradition is all about thinking about form and language and asking questions about the means of cinema, the technique of cinema, the possibilities of cinema. So if you cross those two, if you think of a kind of a, a Venn diagram where the kind of the, what I call the curiosity that's part of documentary and then the kind of inventivity or reflexivity that's part of the experiment or when they cross over I would say that's an essayistic space and so really that can be in writing or photography or anything but I think it's very clear for us that in in terms of film and the moving image you know there is this there's a moment when those two sensibilities those two desires fuse if you like they come together and they 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 make something happen and that's what I think of as being the essayistic Thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I think listeners of this show will know that so many of the questions that you're you're raising there and in, in the way that you're thinking about essay film, but also this the the role of the Berkman Institute of the Moving Image, where you are, are bridging gaps between the public and an academic institution and, and really trying to create this laboratory of sounds and images very very much in line with a lot of what video essayists are trying to do online, in particular, I would say academic video essayists. The, the essay film as a, a, a form or as a idea, as you've alluded to, incredibly rich, varied. It, it might be more prudent to ask what an essay film can be rather than what an essay film is. Um, but could you expand, I guess, a little bit to provide a little bit more of, of a definition and perhaps a definition is impossible. But I, I guess an overview of the kinds of works that you typically screen at the festival and how those feed into the genre uh, not genre, uh, the feed into uh, what what an essay film is or how, or how you think of an essay film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be precious about this, Will. I mean, people can call it what they like. People can call it a, people can call it a genre. They can call it whatever they like. I don't really mind. But I mean, in terms of our way of thinking about it, I think that we feel that um, that's not necessarily the best way that we want to think about it. We want to, we want a way of thinking about the, the essayistic in film and media, which is very inclusive and, and very, very supple, but are the same and dynamic, if you like. But really, the two qualities we're looking for are precisely what I've just said, a kind of a passion about the real world, a passion about cinema's ability to engage with the real world, but at the same time, an awareness of questions of form and language, and to be able to think through those two things um, together. So, you know, you'll always find at the margins of documentary, people who are very interested in form and documentary over the history of cinema has been much more probably inventive than people give it credit for. Um, and similarly, you could argue that experimental cinema is sometimes 
Athens may be over-preoccupied with questions of form and language in, in a sense for itself. And so I think what we find is exciting is when those two things uh, come together. So in terms of the sort of films that we have programmed over the years, so to, just to go back a little bit to the history, 2015 was our first year. So this is would this would be our seventh edition if 2020 hadn't been cancelled, then this upcoming one would be our seventh, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you look at what we've done, you can, anyone who wants to look on the SAE Film Festival website can see the history of what we've done. You just click and you can see each year. Um, I think that the pretty much everything we've ever shown has that kind of, that double edge, that kind of double desire, double sensibility. So you will have things which are, um, you know, uh, it, what I would think of as being found footage, essentially. I mean, for me, this question about the video essay, um, you know, for me, the video essay is kind of a subcategory of the category that I would call found footage in terms of the history of cinema. So it's become very popular and very important, and particularly, as you just said yourself, it's something that's improved incredibly popular amongst researchers and academics, above all. And obviously, it's it's cinema thinking about cinema. It's film thinking about film. It's it's what I would call probably the, yeah, audiovisual criticism or the audiovisual history of cinema and so for me, the video essay is a part of that. And it happens to be a part that's become, obviously, lots of people are doing it. Um, it, it works incredibly well in, an, in a teaching context. I think a lot of people have told me um, or people around me have used it in teaching context. And they find that students are much more able to think critically, analytically when they're doing things with the images themselves and working with sound and so forth. So I think that, you know, for me, um, it's a very interesting development. And in fact, um, the, in this country, I mean, probably the person who really started doing this in an academic context before anybody else was Michael Witt. He was doing this at Roehampton, uh, which is a university um, in near London. Uh, I mean, God knows how many years ago. I can't remember. I mean, back when we did Forever Goddard at Tate Modern, probably he was already doing it then. So that was the turn of the century. So he and he was really sort of you know getting the students uh, to to work critically, analytic things that which they maybe didn't really want to do anymore in the kind of traditional way of doing film analysis. And um, and so I mean, yeah, Mike is uh, is someone for whom I have immense uh, respect and admiration. And um, he 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 did you know he was he he was doing that. And then little by little, you know. It became, you know, people. I think it was like, as these things emerge, you know, Will. I mean, around the world, suddenly there are lots of different people who realise they're doing the same thing. So then they start talking to each other and getting together. And and obviously, my other uh, reference in the in the UK world, obviously, is Katie Katie Grant, who until recently was my colleague at Birkbeck and is still very close to us and close to Bimmy and close to the festival. And um, obviously, she kind of took that and ran with it and really, you know set up these referee journals and, and all sorts of things that obviously have made it a very respectable, um, recognisable part of, of academic discourse, rather than it being something which was maybe seen as being round the edges, maybe a little bit kind of, you know, kind of a little bit different, a little bit strange. It's become very, very mainstream now, which I think is an entirely healthy thing. I mean, I, I do think that um, particularly for, I mean, not just for undergraduate students, but I mean, you know, students at all levels, it, it provides other 
other ways of, of doing stuff. Um, but in terms of the Essay Film Festival, um, as I say, I think we, our position is, is a much broader position around the essayistic in film and media, of which the video essay would be part of the found footage kind of. So if you look back through our programs, um, you know, the first year we were incredibly lucky to get Tom Anderson. So we got Tom Anderson's latest film. I mean, I think we were probably the second place in the world to show it when we showed it in London that year. Um, the thoughts that once we had. So, you know, that was very, and so we had a whole thing around Tom Anderson and he was in London with us. And, you know, so that was, you know, and you can see Peter von Bach the first year and you could follow a line through the programming, which would be that kind of, you know, found footage, um, including the things we've done on the video essay. Um, but for me, that would be one of the kind of streams because obviously that is the side of, you know, this is when when the essay film is, is thinking about the means of cinema through the means of cinema, but not in a kind of um, a kind of um, sort of circular manner. Where it, it for me, unless there is all that, also that sense of thinking about the world. So it's kind of my def, my definition. Definition is something you know, I've, I've sometimes used this phrase about you know a, um, a critical take on the forms of cinema and the world in which cinema takes place or something like that, some kind of variant on that. So if that, for me, if there isn't, or for us, let's say, if there isn't that, that political engagement, that critical engagement with the world, um, then, then I think the film about film about film about film can become, I think, rather, rather sterile personally um and for me there's no point in the essayistic unless it's political and uh, you know just to give you an example from completely from nothing to do with cinema i mean um you know during lockdown i um i found myself i found this amazing volume of all of the essays of james baldwin like it was a it was a, a, a kind of library of america is the publisher and it was this incredible chronological order every essay that baldwin had ever written so it was a way of kind of going through his whole and i read it in sequence all the way through and you know that is a model you know if you want a model of what i understand by the essayistic you just read those james baldwin essays all the way through because you know, there's there is the there is the reflexivity, there is the curiosity about language and about form, but there's this urgency of the immediately the political and the danger, the sense of danger that you get in Baldwin, and the sense of the danger in which he is constantly existential danger that he manages to convey so well. But the ability to think about politics, to think about popular culture, to think about history, um, you know, to talk about you know cinema poetry whatever for me that really is um you know that that that's a model which i kind of i knew about vaguely but i sat down and read it from page one to page a thousand or whatever it was and uh that that really confirmed everything that i think about the essayistic and and i think for us that's super important so i mean tom for example you know tom's work and you know red hollywood and and obviously um los angeles plays itself and you know this is never about it's never a kind of a self-indulgent thing about oh, you know, I'll make a movie about a movies. And it, there is always this very kind of um, hard edge, critical edge to, to what he's doing. So, I mean, that's kind of like one of the things that we've done. But I would also argue that if you if you and your listeners look at the, the program since 2015, you'll also find there are things which are, you know, much closer to what some people might say, hey, this is just a documentary or just a kind of a politically engaged documentary. So for me... 
the other kind of absolute reference point for me personally is Jocelyn Saab. So 2017, Jocelyn is no longer with us. Unfortunately, she passed away a couple of years ago. But, you know, for me, Jocelyn Saab is an absolute reference point around the assistic because this was a woman who was um, from Lebanon, working in Lebanon, doing essentially TV reportage, you know, reporting in, in about her about her own country. And when the civil war blew up, she just at some point more or less said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. This form is not adequate for what I have to do in this urgent moment when my whole society, my life, my city is just blowing up around me and everyone's kind of killing each other. And the politics is just incredibly messy and complicated. And so she just, she started doing things differently. And she, she made these amazing films about about Beirut, which we, we called the Beirut Trilogy. But she said she was quite, she quite liked that idea of calling it the Beirut Trilogy. And, you know, these are films that are absolutely made in the urgency and the danger of the moment. And they have to be inventive, Will, not to make them look nice or to be clever, but they have to be invented because they can't be any other way. To respond to such a dramatic situation where everything is falling apart, you know, you 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 have to be inventive as well. You have to be, you have to think about form. And it might seem odd to people, oh, why would you be thinking about form in the middle of a civil war? Well, that's exactly the moment when you would be thinking about form. And for me, from a um, in terms of academic references or, or whatever, this is where someone like Nicole Brenes, um, with whom obviously I've had dealings over the years, and someone for whom I have enormous respect. That's precisely the kind of you know, in an es- in essence, that's kind of her position, which is she she would claim experimental cinema is the most political form of cinema, and I don't have to agree with her. That doesn't matter, but I think the statement is is strong, and the statement is worth thinking about. And I would say certainly when you think about the the, the that the essayistic the kind of the, the the documentary end of the of the essayistic spectrum and you take for example someone like you take for example someone like Jocelyn then you know you have that sense of urgency but the 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 invention is is a necessary step at that moment in time and it has to be what it is at that moment in time and it may not be very pretty it may not be very you know it may be a mess but again the point again the essayistic is happy to be a mess the essayistic is about making mistakes and getting things wrong which you know is obviously again I mean I suppose another kind of reference for me that we've never touched in the in the festival but it's always in the back of my mind I mean it's a very sort of Godardian position it's you know that the 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 mess mess and errors and mistakes are and things that are incomplete that's kind of what an essayistic practice um could be so i mean you know that there's there's a lot of material you know if people wanted to 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 look through it um that that i would say you know you could see those two kind of those two key aspects or drivers if you like of the essayistic you know, if you think of um, some of the other things that we're showing this year, like, for example, um, Colleen Smith or uh, Kevin Jerome Everson, for example, um, you know, these are films which are absolutely experimental 
in their sensibilities and their sense of of the possibilities of a film as a form and the in a sense the how simple it is to be experimental that it being being experimental is not in a sense being unnecessarily complicated and obtuse it's actually very simple which is another very brunesian idea to me that the experimental is the most simple fundamental thing really um, but they're obviously, you know, um, if you look at uh, Colleen Smith's work or Kevin Jerome Everson's work, these are films that are absolutely, or with his work that is absolutely engaged with the with the everyday, with the real, but obviously a real that is haunted by um, by by history, you know, um, by history. Obviously, in the specific case of Kevin Jerome Everson and Colin Smith, by a, a, a particular sense of of, of African American history and and how that lives in the present. But but it wouldn't. I mean, you know, it wouldn't have to be that. It could be. It could be. Uh, it could. It could be something else. And and I think that. I think in a sense, this is this would be another kind of. Um, strain of the 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 SF Film Festival programming that you could you could follow from 2015 through to the present is attempts to re-engage with history and to to bring the his, bring the historical into the present not as nostalgia but as something new you know that, but, but so it's it's about reinventing a form in the present and bringing a, something into the present that it can speak to it can speak to the now or at least it can attempt to to make something uh, connect to, to to the now, if you like. Well, thank you for that introduction. And I think you, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Jerome Everson, as I'm sure many people listening are, so I'll be looking forward to that. And you touched on a very important point that I think is particularly relevant to this podcast and listeners, and that is this difference between the essay film and the video essay, right? That the video, the essay film is not just some longer version of the video essay, but is thinking about politics, the world. But in in talking about curation and giving this overview of the films that you select, one thing that um, I've encountered in curating video essays or works under the banner of video essay, whether with Kevin B. Lee and Cindy Wild Harris for the Black Lives Matter video essay playlist and screening that at festivals, or even working in something like the Sight and Sound poll, is that inevitably you are, inc- because these forms have, that you can't pinpoint down one specific definition, you, you are inevitably bringing in the work of video artists, of found footage filmmakers, of essay filmmakers, and then bringing them under one banner. And I imagine in in hearing you describe how the various films that you've screened over the years and that you're screening this year is that you are seeking out films that were made in a variety of different contexts and that perhaps the filmmaker was not saying, oh, I'm going to set out to make an essay film, right? I guess, how do you frame that? And is it, are the artists, assuming they're still living, are they receptive to the tradition that you're trying to associate them with or is it not something that they really uh, really question i don't know I, mean, I think there have been different responses over the years to that i mean i think that most artists don't necessarily care um in in a in a good in a good way i mean you know for good reasons they don't necessarily care that much about how people describe um what they do so yeah i mean we've had people um uh, we've had i mean obviously jocelyn would be a very good example jocelyn Saab, but i you know uh, when donald foreman came to show uh, his amazing film the image you missed i remember when andres pitella came from um from argentina to show his film 
the 327 notebooks. Um, you know, a lot of people have said with a smile, you know, they've said, oh, I didn't know I was an essayist, essay filmmaker until you told me, Michael, which obviously we can, you know, that's fine. Uh, and obviously some people would probably situate themselves more. They might say that they were experimental filmmakers or political filmmakers or or whatever. I mean, so we, we don't really care that much. I mean, I think that if you like, um, we just wanted to kind of set out a terrain in which we wanted to work and we wanted to experiment and we felt it was very appropriate for the things that we were interested in. so that obviously not, not everything I've said would be said by anybody else in the group so as you probably know and people can see this again on the website that there, there are people at Birkbeck like Laura Mulvey Catherine Grant formerly Janet McCabe obviously Matthew Barrington who is an incredibly important figure in absolutely everything that we do so he is officially the BIMI manager but really he is a film curator and an incredible film curator and he is his knowledge and contacts have been absolutely indispensable over the years and there's Ricardo Matoshkabel who is a, um, a friend and he also um, is studying at Birkbeck but he is an independent film curator of incredible um, experience and stature um, there's Kieran and Corliss, who's the deputy editor of Sight and Sound, and then in more recent times, uh, we've had we've been joined by Raquel Moraes, who is uh, of Portuguese. Um, film curator, uh, researcher who has kind of joined our team. She was actually an intern and then she just simply stayed um, uh, in our team. So, I mean, people have, um, you know, we, ha- we, we know the kind of things that we want that to, we want to um, program, but I mean, another very common question that people ask us is, you know, why don't we have a kind of a, a competition or a submission process? Um, and really, to be honest with you, it's not necessarily that we, we we don't want to, but we're a very small operation and no one is really paid as such to work on the SF Film Festival. I mean, it's considered part of my job. It's considered part of Matthew's job, but it's not like a kind of a set. It's not, it's not my job title. I don't get paid specifically for doing that. Um, so we don't really have an infrastructure where, you know, we could then put out a call every year and by a certain date people would send in films because obviously then you'd have to kind of to be respectful you'd have to manage that process and administer that process make sure that the films were all watched very carefully the notes were taken people were told whether you know whether their work had been accepted and why so we've always had a much kind of more you could say improvised or organic approach, which is that every year we kind of, we simply find enough material that we're interested in showing. And our criteria are also um, from the beginning, we really wanted to do two things in terms of our kind of mission or whatever you want to call it. One was the idea that the essayistic was something that was was a global phenomenon. In other words, that again, if you look at the work we've done over the years, you can see that we have had work from pretty much you know, uh, you should never say everywhere because obviously then someone can point out an exception. But we have had, we wanted to, to take essayistic work from, you know, whether it be Asia, whether it be Latin America, whether it be um, uh, Africa, whether it be Eastern Europe or whatever. Because I suppose there's a kind of expectation when you read about the essay film, people tend to think very much kind of Western European, North American are the obvious names that come to, that people often turn to. And so there was that that we wanted to do and i think we have done that 
Um, and the other thing that's really important, Will, is that there is always a mixture of the contemporary and the archival. And again, if you look through our programs, you can see we have always, always had work that we go and look for from the past. And we say, ah, if you want to look at this and think of it as being essayistic, even if it wasn't called that at the time, why don't we do that? So that might be, you know, S for Shub, you know, famously the first year we did this whole kind of thing around S for Shub. And um, the idea being that, you know, you can reinterpret her work as being critical found footage work, critical, you know, engagement with, with, with the language of film and, and the world in which cinema, the world that, that cinema inhabits. Um, you know, and there, would, and there would be other, you know, many other examples like that. We did a thing on um, for, uh, essayistic work being done in public television in West Germany, for example, in, in, the, in the early 70s. People are like, like Farocchi and so forth. So we always have this, this archival element. So this year, for example, the Med Hondo and the Sydney Sakona are obviously archival and also Asia Jebar. So Asia Jebar, obviously better known as a novelist, you know, as a kind of one of the kind of key women novelists of of kind of you know of, of Francophone North Africa. But she she made it so happens that she she made a couple of films and one of them we're going to be uh, showing um, this year, which is called. Yeah, the Zer- sorry, it's called the Zerda and the Songs of Forgetting. Z- Zerda and the Songs of Forgetting, which is a um, you know is very much a kind of a um, critical essay based on reworking and reinterpreting footage that was shot during the colonial period um, in Algeria. Um, and it's so, so, you know, that is a, you know, again, it's, it's a very, she pro- I'm sure she wouldn't have said at the time that she was making an essay film and she probably wouldn't have cared, which is fine. But, um, you know, it's something that we can kind of reclaim and then, and then sort of present it in, in the context of the essay film. And then I think people can look at things, look at things differently um, if it's in that uh, context. So the contemporary and the archival to, to bring those together and also the idea of work from different parts of the world those those are really always our two our two main ambitions final final question here because i think you've given us a, a great taste of the different kinds of works that will be at the festival and that is what can festival goers expect this year um could you give us a, just a, a brief overview about how the festival will be operating online absolutely yeah so yeah i mean in terms of content i'd invite you know people to to look on the program but in addition to the ones i've mentioned we have contributions from madeleine hunt ehrlich uh we have john janvito's latest film we have a film by nuria jimenez called my mexican bretzel uh, we have a whole thing with an uh, Irish artist called Jenny Brady, who is showing some of her own films, curating some films with other people, doing a lecture about her ongoing uh, work. Uh, we have the final day, we have a study day around Eduardo Coutinho, the Brazilian filmmaker, um, with various elements throughout the whole day. Um, and then we also have this um, program of films that were actually uh, curated by the Asian Film Archive in collaboration with Kevin B. Lee. And this is this, pa- this kind of package of films called under the title Monograph. So there are, I think, 10 different artists that were commissioned by the Asian Film Archive. And then Kevin came in on the uh, project as a kind of a, 
advisor. Um, so that that gives you an idea, I think, of the range of material um, that we'll be showing. In practical terms, the, the we we've gone down the path. I mean, we thought long and hard about it. We've gone for the model where pretty much everything will be available between the 25th of March and the 3rd of April. Some films we had to negotiate, and it had to be a smaller window. But we thought the best thing is to put everything on our screening room, which we've created, uh, for, so that people can watch it when when it suits them during that period of time and then the live events are so this is the talks the conversations etc these are happening at a specific moment in time so you have to book for those specific events and then you receive a link and then we don't use zoom but it's a similar kind of platform um so those things will be happening at a specific moment but otherwise the film material will be available through our screening room pretty much from the beginning of the festival to the end with one or two uh, exceptions so people can who go onto the website can see uh, obviously in more detail um, but I think we've 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 been very conscious um, I think we're learning from the experience of other festivals online um, we found that you know say six months ago when you looked at some of the online festivals it was incredibly complicated to understand exactly what you were getting and and when and why and and similarly I think we felt that there was a there was something very attractive about the idea of doing live streaming but on balance, we felt that it was probably better to, rather than say this film will be shown at six o'clock on Friday and that's it. Um, we felt that it was it was in the round. It was better to make them things available because obviously, um, you know, uh, it's kind of a, a, a one of the advantages of doing a, an online festival. And I mean, I hope sincerely that we will do it this year online and next year we'll be back um, in our cinema in other cinemas in London, like we, we've always worked with the ICA, as you know, in, in, in London, but equally with the French Institute, the Goethe Institute, close up, you know, to be to be back in, in real cinemas. But I mean, obviously, we, we once you're going to do a festival online, you've got to try and embrace it and try to make it um, as good an experience as possible. And I think also this for me, this is why we wanted it to be practically as simple as it could possibly be so if you go to our website the first thing we do is explain in sort of like two very short paragraphs how does it work how do you watch the films how do you attend the live events because you know there's a you know it just just so that there isn't this kind of uncertainty oh, oh i have to watch it on a thursday or i've got 24 hours to watch it or whatever because i mean you know there's so much online content and people are so busy and people have got you know caring responsibilities and all sorts of things like that to think about work and so forth so on balance we've gone for for that formula and the the how the festival work online correct me if i'm wrong is that all the films will be free and open to anyone in the uk um but the live events will be open to a global global audience. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I think you can probably understand why. Uh, obviously, in a you know, in an ideal world, everything would have been available to everybody. But you've got to think in terms of the people who are who the distributors and the artists. You know, if we are paying them a certain fee for the film to come at our festival, and then you know that that they wouldn't be able to also to to show it at a festival in France or Italy or you know Argentina or whatever. So you're right. The the film content is uh, limited to 
to the United Kingdom. It is absolutely free. I mean, we don't charge for anything. And again, that's in, I suppose, is, is one of the, the small advantages is that if we were working with a commercial cinema such as the ICA, obviously people would have to pay to come to the screening. So everything is free in the, in the monetary sense. It is open to all, um, but the films are geo-blocked, whereas the, um, the live events obviously are not. There's no, there would be no reason to, to geo-block the live events, and obviously they are free as well. We, we, don't, uh, we don't tend to charge anyway with the things we do at Burt Beck or, or Bimmy. Uh, it's very, we, we've hardly, I've hardly ever charged for things in the past, and in a sense it's part of our mission as a, as a university, but also Burt Beck has a very specific history that you might know about, but it's very much about opening up education it's very much about lifelong learning um and and about you know uh, i know i know inclusivity is a kind of a bit of a become a bit of a dull word to use but i mean that's that is what burbeck is about is you know quality education and research but but very much with with the doors wide open if you like well, I know that every, every all of our UK listeners, I'm sure, will be tuning into the SA Film Festival, and I hope that the audiences around the world will tune into the live events, or at least, at the very least, take a look at the program and perhaps try and seek out the films to watch them um, in other contexts, keep them on your radar, um, and wait for them to come to your country. Michael Temple, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the Video Essay Podcast. And again, you can learn more about the SA Film Festival at essayfilmfestival.com, but I will have links uh, to the festival at the video essay.com and we'll of course be retweeting and tweeting about the festival um, as it happens so uh, please follow the video essay on Twitter or the Birkbeck Institute of the Moving Image on Twitter uh, for more information. Michael, thank you. Thank you very much, Will.